Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. Rate, review, subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like, subscribe there as well. Joining me now to talk about the Orlando Magic. Here we are, people. If you're following your Raptor fan, you know that we don't typically talk about the Orlando Magic. And for a long time, it wasn't a fun conversation anytime the Magic played the Raptors because it was a very boring game. But oh, how things have changed. The Magic are very interesting. Luke Sylvia of the Six Man Show podcast, here to talk about the Magic. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I uh, first appreciate you having me on. Always good to uh, hop on and, and talk about the the team that that I feel so deeply for in the Orlando Magic. So um, appreciate you giving me the time. How are things going emotionally right now? Because this must just be like a a feeling of jubilation that they're actually a team of that's fun to watch. You can see the core is like building, similar to like the OKC Thunder. Things are probably good mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, I mean it's the best start since we since the 2017-18 season at eight and five, and um, if they win the next one, then it's the it, you know if we win against Toronto, you're nine and five, and that's the best start since I don't even know when. I, I probably probably the 2010-2011 season, maybe oh nine ten when the Magic were actually relevant and good at that. Boy, point. oh so boy, <laughs> it's uh, it'll be high aspirations for sure. I mean more than what people had for us, at least before the season started. Hey, and yesterday you're coming off of a, a game against the Pacer, Pacers where, I mean, don't let the score deceive you. After the after three quarters, it was 107-78. Orlando yeah. just trounced them, <laughs> cooked them. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was crazy watching it because it was like, you know, there's nights where your, your team can't miss. Like you at least have a few nights in the NBA season where your team gets lucky enough that, everybody's hitting shots and it's contagious but number one defense and defensive rating going into that game last night uh number the pacers were number one at that time going into the game in offense so it mm. was it was de- definitely uh going to be interesting and really what we had talked about was that this past week was a, a measuring stick week for us you know you had the two games against the bulls who you're you know in conversations with about that's there they might be in your talent uh, area or mm-hmm. not definitely not potential area at this point, as we know with the Bulls. But uh-huh. you had the Nets as well in the in-season tournament last Tuesday. And then you come into this one against Indiana. All teams that, that you think that, okay, we're probably on the same level. This is a good measuring stick. And the Magic uh, end up way outperforming my expectation. They go 3-1 and one last week. Only loss was the, the Nets with that in-season tournament game by 20. And that was rough. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, you can't ask for anything else from this team and to cap off the road trip with being up by 40 at one point to the Pacers yeah. who were the number one team and according to offensive rating, um, man, it was, it was a, it was a really fun time for sure. And you guys seem to be really rallying around uh, Jamal Mosley right now. Um, you can always tell when a, a team is buying into a coach and one indicator is, are they playing defense? And boy, you guys are playing defense <laughs> right now. Well, I think the, you know, this team's realistic. These guys are young. 
Paolo yeah. Bancaro didn't have the most efficient rookie year, but what do you expect from the guy that has the highest usage rate is getting double teamed all the time. He's 19 years old at that time. Like you've got to hang your hat on something. Jamal mm-hmm. Mosley coming from a Rick Carlisle coaching tree as well, who, um, you know, implemented his own Carlisle's own schemes and all that into defense and just really preaches that right. Jamal Mosley, we knew he was special when he gets hired and his first day in the facility He's playing defense in the post on Mobamba in the facility. And it was just like, man, coaches don't do that. <laughs> coaches yeah. don't do that. And, you know, and, and so it spoke a lot to his character. We know him to be a personality guy. And at the beginning of this, it was a whole lot of Mosley might be the guy that connects and builds the culture, but he's probably not the guy that takes you long term. Mm-hmm. But now Magic fans have kind of shifted. And they're like, wait, hold on a second. We might have something. Because if you could be, especially like a top 10 defense in the league, and you can be maybe eventually be like a top 15, 17 offense in the league, you're definitely postseason bound. So that's what you hope. And Mosley has really already showed us as young as they are defensively, this team can do it. And they've got a lot of really fun pieces that make it happen. Defense isn't boring anymore for the Orlando Magic. That's for sure. Everybody's flying around making plays. It's, It's a ton of fun. Man, there are so many similarities between the Magic and Raptors. I, I got to say, mm-hmm. I was looking at some things, and even what you just mentioned about uh, Mosley like, guarding in the post, like that sounds like Darko. Darko's doing mm-hmm. the exact same thing, and that's one of the things that uh, was intriguing for Raptors management and just seems like players right now, they're gravitating towards his his fresh style. I think that we're kind of seeing a new age of, of coaches come in, and they're rejuvenating players and keeping them motivated and kind of clicking the right buttons with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the whole thing right and you speak to just the the chemistry buying in you can tell because of on the defensive end something that and kind of in doing some slight preparation and for this i noticed those similarities right yeah. you look at the defensively the magic mm-hmm. being where they are in defense the raptors not being any slouches on the defensive end either i think in defensive rating when i looked they were top seven i want to say they yeah. might be at a seventh or eighth so going to be a defensive battle the final score might be 75 to 70, but it's going to be a fun game. <laughs> Give me flashbacks of that Milwaukee Raptors game last season when they went to overtime, but for three quarters, and it was a national game too. And you get a little up for the, for those games, right? TNT, ESPN, whoever was, was in the, mm-hmm. in, at Scotiabank. And it was like the worst game you could possibly imagine. Like, I think the Raptors had like 35 points at, at halftime and eventually it got kind of interesting, but um, yeah. yeah, we could we could see a repeat of that. I mean, the similarities between this team, like you just mentioned them too, but I look at this as like a the Spider-Man meme. Like we're just looking <laughs> yeah. at each other because just a few numbers for you if you're if you're curious. So true shooting percentage, mm-hmm. the Raptors are 26th, Orlando is 25th. Half court offense, Raptors are 29th, Orlando is 26th. Offensive rebounding, Toronto is sixth, Orlando is ninth. Three point percentage, Toronto is 27th, Orlando is 29th. Paint touches, Toronto is third, Orlando's 10th, catch and shoot. Percentage from three, Toronto, 21st, Orlando, 24th. Points off isolation, Toronto is 30th, Orlando is 28th. And then opponent, mm. corner threes. Toronto has the 12th least, Orlando has the 13th least. Just, uh, yeah. I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, and we're just, we're the same. We're just, we're, we're the same. Yep, we're just, absolutely. This is who we are. I, <laughs> it is going to be fun. And I, I think, obviously, the in-season tournament makes it. And you guys are welcome. We don't. Unlike the Bulls, we don't have a hideous end-season tournament court in terms of how hard it is to look at. I The Bulls in our group 
obviously have that bright red and the darker red as the center stripe going across yeah. the court. Really painful on the eyes to watch it like we had to do on Friday. So <laughs> thankfully, going into this one, it's on the Magic Court. It's like an anthracite gray on the outskirts. Okay. Not bad at all to look at. Um, it's not great, but compared to all the other courts that are out there, I mean, you've got like the yeah. Pelicans who have a crazy court, the Holy. Pacers as well. Do you do you care about the in-season tournament? I'm sure your listeners probably know at this point, but do, do you care? Do you put much stock into this? No, to be blunt about it. No. Um, I, I appreciate the NBA's trying things. And I think this is an innovative idea that could garner some attention, especially early in the season. When, once you get past like the first three week stretch, it's like, okay, now we're into the slog of the season. Um, I, I would prefer this tournament was in like January when teams are a bit more defined because things are so muddy right now. Like, I mean, with the Raptors, like, I don't think they're going to be the exact same team, whether we're looking at personnel or just like their systems and how they execute. Like they're going to be completely different come January. However, um, I understand this is a natural time because the NBA is trying to gain interest and keep interest. November is a good time. November, December is a good time to do it. But um, I'm not really, you know, buying the in-season tournament. I'm going to follow, you know, when they get to Vegas and they're doing their one game, you know, winner take all that kind of thing. Like it sounds like they're mm -hmm. playing a little bit and those games are a little bit more fun. But right now, I mean... Even the Raptors, like they played their game against the Celtics, and it was a lot of fun. But then afterwards, Jalen Brown is saying that it was slippery. Precious Achua yeah. is also saying it was slippery. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that didn't go well. <laughs> the court yeah, was cool, well, but guys are slipping. <laughs> yeah. And if that's the case and going to continue to be the case, you're going to see a lot of guys on the Magic slipping and sliding around defensively. That's for sure. Jalen Suggs. His over under for how many times he falls on the ground is is usually placed around six times because <laughs> the guy just does not stop moving. And uh, yeah, slippery courts don't bode well. So hopefully Amway on here on yeah. Tuesday night is not mm. too slippery and uh, guys can stay healthy. Yeah, sure. Well, let's look at the your Magic defense because, yeah, they're first in defensive ratings, second in steals, 11th in blocks, second in a point, opponent uh, turnover percentage, and also third in points off turnovers. There's a bunch of other things here, but a lot of the the style of, of how you're playing defense, it kind of reminds me of the Nick Nurse system last season. And now the Raptors are playing a much more composed system. And also, I think you guys had a, a much better plethora of point of attack defenders than the Raptors had last season because it felt like within five seconds, we're in rotation and we're just scrambling and we're running around with our heads cut off. But with you guys, we're talking about Suggs. We talk about all the other guys that you have. I believe Suggs is what, uh, third in defensive estimated plus minus right now? He's yeah. he's hooping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Top in deflection. One of the tops. Uh, in deflections, if not the most, I'm not entirely certain, but listen, the stats that I have seen, I haven't memorized, but I do know mm. that based on seeing them and just notating them briefly, Jalen Suggs is an incredible defender yeah. and he's really the, the, the heartbeat of this team defensively. And then you've got Jonathan Isaac who has played sparing minutes, right? Like up to this point, averaging like 13, 14 minutes a game. But we've seen him recently. He's done a couple things already that we didn't expect. We mm. didn't expect because we didn't expect Jonathan Isaac to play back to backs this year. Yeah. I didn't expect him to play three games and four nights. I didn't expect any of that. But to this point, he he played his first back to back since 2019. Uh, last week, I believe. Uh, no, two weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. And then no, no, no. It was last week. Yep, it was last week in that Chicago game on Wednesday, playing the night before in Brooklyn. Plays his first back-to-back -back since 2019. 
And he also played 20 minutes uh, oh. on, I believe, Friday or Sunday. I can't remember. But, or, yeah, Sunday. But one of those Bulls games um, there, he, on Friday, yeah, he plays 20 minutes in that one. Just two things that we, we just did not see coming with Jonathan Isaac. So yeah. really thankful that he's on the court. But defensively, he's incredible. He is. Um, and you look at the, I mean, the crop of players that you have, and it's a lot of mobile players, a lot of physical players. Um, I appreciate that what, you know, Markel Foles, like he's not playing right now, but Suggs, um, Cole Anthony, um, you just have a lot of guys that are, just put a lot of pressure um, on uh, on the ball handlers and especially on screen and rolls, like they're pressuring that, that backside contest that they're coming. And then on the front side, you have, you know, some legit centers dudes who are tall and that's another thing that the Raptors didn't have during their uh Nick Nurse heyday of swarming of defense is that they didn't have a great point of attack defense Fred and kind of fell off a little bit but also you know before they had Yaka Pirtle I mean they teams are just eating in the paint and they can't do that um you guys got two seven footers right two seven footers yeah so Big you boys. you've got Mo you've got Jonathan Isaac who I would call six eleven seven feet um okay. you got Goga Batazde who yes um, is that, and then, uh, more Moritz Wagner is undersized big, um, at the five, but they, yeah, they Goga Pataze has been interesting. And the reason I bring him up and not Wendell Carter Jr. Who's another one of those guys that play in yeah. the paint, obviously is Goga Pataze has, has stepped up in his absence. Wendell is now been out for, I believe two weeks, maybe with his, mm. uh, basically his fracture his metacarpal. Yeah. So Wendell Carter goes down. Goga, who was getting DMPs, steps into the, the starting lineup, and then Moritz Wagner continues being the backup center. Both of those guys have been fantastic in their own right. Both very different players. But yeah, Goga Pataze, he he's going to get rebounds. He's He has the ability to block shots, which is something Wendell doesn't do. He's more of a, wind, a rim deterrent type of player. He's yeah. not necessarily a shot blocker, but he does keep you away and, and make you alter your shot, those sort of things. And uh, Moritz Wagner... He's pretty much barbecue chicken on defense, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, he does bring you something offensively, which is why he sees the court and mm. where you see the spark. He's just a spark guy um, on the offensive end. So Moritz Wagner, we love him, but defensively, yeah. he he does pose a little bit of liability. And you got a lot of depth too. I was looking at the the previous game or previous past few games, and it seems like the the five players that are probably probably the bigger parts of your bench rotation, like that's like another starting lineup. Like it's a good B lineup. We'll put it that way with Joe Ingles, I believe, kind of leading the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you've got Joe Ingles, you've got Cole Anthony. Um, yep. Cole Anthony is he's the definition of a six man. Cole needs to love be, Cole Anthony. Love him. Yeah, he he needs to be the focal point of whatever he is in, which is why I think he won't start anytime soon and why Jalen yeah. Suggs gets the nod over him because he he thrives being the alpha. He thrives being the guy that needs to take the shots, get something going. With that starting lineup, he kind of sinks into the background when it comes to that because you do have guys like Paolo and Franz and even Jalen, he can get hot. Um, Markel Fultz does a great job orchestrating the offense. Anthony Black stepping in mm -hmm. as an absence. So yeah, that bench unit is a ton of fun. You've got Gary Harris there now. He mm -hmm. just came back recently. Gary Harris, Joe Ingles. Um, you've got Cole Anthony, obviously. Moritz Wagner, who provides a spark. Like Jonathan Isaac. And these guys, yes. man, it, that's, this team is, is very deep, like you said. And at the beginning of the season, the conversation was, okay, last season I thought there was a lot of guys that had an argument for minutes. And now it's like 
there's 12 guys, 13 guys that have an argument. And yeah. it's a great problem to have. But also, if you're a coach trying to find, you know, keep continuity, but also, you know, culture and, and chemistry and all that kind of stuff, who works well together, who doesn't, it's, it, it does make for uh, definitely some, some things that mostly has to work around and try to figure out what, what pieces of the puzzle fit. Sure. So you got Paolo and Franzo, only players who are averaging over 30 minutes at 32 and 33. Everyone else after that, you got a lot of 25, 26, 27. It helps keep players fresh for this frantic defensive system that they're looking to play. Um, so depth really helps. Before we get to the offensive side where things might not be as uh, sunny for the Orlando Magic, although, again, lots of talent there, lots of players who can self-create, lots of uh, playmaking ability, but things just haven't really gone according to plan, I suppose. But any questions about the Toronto Raptors? I'm, I'm happy to answer them. They've been, they're a very confusing team. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, really, my, my biggest thing with Toronto is obviously Scotty Barnes, that the Magic in Toronto, obviously Scotty going fourth in the draft, Jalen Suggs going fifth. There, we were engaged whether we wanted to or not in the conversation <laughs> on social media where, you know, it's Scotty versus Jalen and whatever. And then it's Scotty versus Franz or whatever it might be. Yeah. But Scotty is seemingly, I mean, obviously we're early in the season, but he has seemingly taken a leap. And as someone who's a Magic fan that admittedly hasn't been watching Raptors games, uh -huh. what, what do you pinpoint for being the shift in Scotty Barnes and, and his production to this point? Sure. Um, well, I mean, I think it's fair to say at this point that I think he is taking a leap. And mm -hmm. I don't think that I think a lot of the skills that he's showing now he was capable of. But if you look at the Raptors pretty closely, like they have a lot of talented players and, you know, Fred Van Vliet going out the door. Um, and also, it's funny that they wanted to bring Fred back, but he got that crazy deal from the Rockets and had Fred come back. Um, we probably wouldn't be seeing the same Scotty Barnes that we're seeing now, which I mean, it's beneficial for him like right now look he's averaging 28 and and six and uh, the three-point shot has been terrific um i mean i was coming in thinking if he can be league average 33 34 percent that would be awesome um last season he was around 29 percent, 28 something like that and he's not just like he's exploding past that and uh, it's also the types of shots he's hitting he's hitting some step backs he's hitting some really quick catch and shoot uh, releases and then also his ball handling he's doing more point guard play He's much more confident with his ball handling. And uh, with that, now we're able to just use more of his passing ability, that vision passing that made him such an interesting prospect in the first place. And uh, he kind of just does everything right now. And then on the other end, he had talked about, you know, he wanted to get um, his cardio better going into this season so he could be the defender and the kind of player he wanted to be. Thus far, he's kind of done that. He is literally everywhere when he's on defense like there isn't anything that he's not deterring contesting he's blocking threes he's getting steals then he's grabbing the ball and he's running down the court and he's finishing in transition or he's finding his teammates um we're seeing a, a pretty charismatic version of scotty this season and i don't think it's gonna go away unless you know injuries or something like that happen but his energy his presence on the court he just finds like so many ways to impact the game. And he was already doing that, but now usage is higher. Um, Raptors, it seems like they're prioritizing getting him the reps he needs and he's taking advantage. Yeah. So at this point, what you have seen so far from this Raptors team expectation wise, because I'm curious, mm. what do you think is, what's the expectation for this team? And, and what do you, what would you say? 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is maybe the ultimate ceiling for this team this year. Ooh, that's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> similar to last season, a lot of a lot of things go around how good can they be in, the half, in their half-court offense. Uh, in transition, they're dynamic, but they're not pursuing um, steals uh, the same way that they were last season. So they're not getting as many run-out opportunities, but when they do get them, I mean, they're playing faster overall, but sometimes there's like ups and downs with it. Um, I think they're they're probably going to get better at it. Um, at the same time, you know, we both probably know that their defense, it could be top five on, you know, when, when it's all said and done. It's offense is how good can they be offensively? And I, it's hard to, to know right now. Um, they're figuring a lot of things out. Darko came in, said he wanted to play 0.5 basketball, and they tried it for a while, namely Pascal Siakam. And it just, it wasn't, it's not, the way to get the best version of him. So now he is getting more post-ups and they're doing more mismatch hunting and he's playing better. Um, I think they're trying to mix in a lot of different styles of basketball to get the best out of their team. Um, but that's going to affect like how good they can be this season is how, how much are they going to make their threes, especially their contested threes, um, their catch and shoots. And also I'm looking at, you know, some of the bench players yesterday um, against Detroit Pistons who got a whole bunch of issues. So I'm not sure how much I take from that game. But I mean, they were hitting their shots and it, it looked good. It, it, everything was, everything's peachy. Um, they're cutting, everything's moving. And you see that version of them. And also, I mean, it's the Pistons. So how much you take from it, but there's positive signs. Um, could they reach top six? Maybe, maybe, but they have to get much better offensively and much more consistent. And I haven't seen enough to say that they've found that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's super interesting to me just because obviously you you move on from guys like Fred Van Vliet and then you know you bring in obviously coaching Scott Scotty Barnes you still got Pascal Siakam as yep. well I've heard a lot of OG talk in terms of <laughs> trades do you put yeah. a lot of stock into that and do you think he's moved before maybe deadline for this team well let me ask you this would you trade your son 
<laughs> because Masai Ujiri seemingly would not trade his son. I think he views Ojananobi yeah. uh, as like his own child, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm sure he's been dangled. Like he's one of those players that is extremely valuable. It's uh, it's there's like the price is consistently going up for someone like him. Not mm. just the fact that he's like arguably you know like a first all defense. He could be a defensive player of the year at some point in his career if things go right. It's just his skills. Like he's six, eight, he can guard so many uh, positions. He's shooting like 42% from, from three. Um, you need those players. There's a lot of stars in the NBA, but how many are there, how many players are there that do what he does? It's kind of a rare thing. So I think it would take a lot for OG to be traded from the Toronto Raptors. But I mean, Obviously, anything's possible. I don't think it's Masai's, you know, I don't think it's his first move or second move or third move. I don't think he wants to do it. I think Pascal Siakam is more likely to go. Gary Trent Jr. Um, there's a plethora of other players that are on the bench, you know, if you, uh, maybe some of the veterans. I don't think he wants to lose OG Ananobi because he also doesn't want to tank. Masai Ujiri doesn't tank. He won't do it. And so mm -hmm. if you're not going to, you need OG Ananobi. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I was just curious about that. Yeah. So offensively, Give me the identity of the Orlando Magic because I'm looking at the numbers. I mean, they're 28th in assists, 27th in turnovers, um, 12th in uh, PNR ball handling possessions, but also 26th in point per possession in those, and then also 25th in roll man points per possession. So the pick and roll hasn't really popped, but they're also second in cuts and they cut really well, it seems like. So I need, and also get to the free throw line a lot. So mm -hmm. give me the lay of the land for the Orlando Magic on offense. How do they do it? How do they score? The, I mean, you you nailed it right there as far as that your off-ball movement yeah. in terms of really cutting to the basket. You've got guys like Franz Wagner who leads that. Morris Wagner also leads that in terms of cutting on this team to make those opportunities happen, aggressive at the rim, draw the foul. You've got Paolo yeah. Bancaro who, to be completely honest with you, last year he was getting calls I've never seen a Magic player get since like Dwight mm. Howard in terms of foul calls. <laughs> He's just, he's a big dude. Like he's just massive and it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't be able to get to the paint and get the shot up on the rim. So yeah. when that doesn't happen, the refs are like, well, it must be a foul um, <laughs> because there's no way this massive human can't get the ball up to the rim regardless of the circumstance. So it's definitely fouls, uh, free throws, but the, you know, the struggle that magic have there is, you know, converting on their free throws. I'm not sure what ah. they are up to date at this point. But a few, at least a couple games ago, we were shooting like 73% from the free throw line, which was one of the worst in the league. Yet we're getting the most, one of the most attempts in the league. So mm. that is definitely the identity, but it also can be the, the shortcomings <laughs> of this team, which is a double-edged sword that is not fun. But, um, you know, it's it's a bunch of young guys still trying to figure it out. Paolo Bencaro is one of them, thankfully increasing his efficiency so far compared to last year, learning a lot on that because the looks that you get as obviously being the rookie of the year and being mm. Paolo Bancaro is you're going to get double teams and you're going to get a lot of different looks thrown at you throughout the game. And that has been one of the biggest leaps really in his game and what has helped to even this offense has not been that great. If you don't have Paolo Bancaro, this offense is even worse. So sure. Paolo Bancaro just learning how to read, um, read coverages and looks and figure it out from there. This team is is someone that does not need to, this team does not need to get caught up in shooting threes at all. They're not talented yeah. at shooting threes right now. So I do like that they don't force that to be their identity. I will say when you get down big, it, it poses a huge threat, right? It's like in football. Yeah. 
And yeah. if you get down big in football, if you can't pass the ball, that's a problem. You're not going to run the ball the rest of the game and try to hope you can catch up. You're going to start shooting. You're going to start passing the ball. The Magic are going to start shooting threes. You sure. just got to hope that you can make them. Um, it is very <laughs> frustrating. Listen, the Magic are first in, in margin, first half margin in the entire NBA. They're mm. plus 11. But when the second half comes around, they are 29th in the league Uh-oh. at minus Uh-oh. 8.3. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So <laughs> a lot of that <laughs> comes from the fact that the offense just stalls. It is very yeah. rarely the defense's fault. Thankfully, they don't let the, most of the time they don't let their offense lack of ability to make shots to determine how they play defense, which a lot mm-hmm. of teams fall under that a lot of times, fall victim to. Thankfully, that's not been the case, but the ball just sticks in the second half for some reason. It sticks. Guys try to make too much happen. They start jacking up threes, whatever it might be. But yeah, the the, the identity of this team and of this offense really is just to use their physicality. You hear about it on defense all the time. They try to turn that around, make that the the pro to their offensive abilities yeah. as well, and get to the free throw line. So, yeah, th- this team has a huge, very high ceiling, even offensively. But they just have to figure out what works best. And uh, right now, it's really off ball and and get into the line. Sure. Um, another Spider Man meme moment. So the Magic mm-hmm. are twenty third in free throw percentage. The Raptors are twenty ninth. So. Mm. Yes. When you mentioned that, it was like, well, the thing with the Raptors is that they do the exact same thing. That they, <laughs> they get to the free throw line. I mean, they don't get there that much. I mean, they're at uh, 21.2 attempts and you guys are at 28. Um, and also, you know, they're shooting tw- 71%. So um, that's yeah. a whole bunch of players. Not everyone is really shooting that well from the free throw line. Everyone's kind of just missing like this free throw, that free throw. Gary Trent Jr. just comes to mind for someone who's just missing free throws more than he should. And Pascal's missing his share too. So um, on the offensive side for the Raptors, as I said, they're playing, they're, they're trying things right now. Um, they started off with 0.5 basketball, didn't work. And then now they were, you know, a few games they were pursuing, you know, a lot of post-ups, Pascal Siakam doing his thing, mismatch hunting. And then this last game against the Pistons, like the ball was humming again and we're seeing cutting. Um, we're, we're seeing more of those like get actions, um, using their bigs and then just having like off ball cutters moving off of them. Um, it's been pleasant you know good to see that but it's always easier to do that against a really bad team orlando is going to be harder um and i think the raptors are slightly maybe slightly bigger with their with their starting lineup but it's not by much at all um Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm curious how this game goes uh what are the the keys to you for a magic victory um all things considered so honestly i think back to our the last matchup a player we haven't talked about yet Jakob Pertl. Yeah. In the last matchup against the Magic uh back in last February, I mean, he had five offensive rebounds, you got to keep him off the glass. He had 30 and 9 in that game. I I I feel okay with Goga mm-hmm. out there just being a big body and presenting the issue with Goga is that he does have a fouling problem when he is uh trying to defend. So I am. That's the first thing as far as that goes. Jakob Pertl, how do you contain him down low? How do you get him off the glass? And then it's it goes back to the, the tale of two halves, as cliche as that is. Yeah. Can the magic put it together? Now, thankfully, against the Pacers, you listen, against Chicago, you hold them to 33 points in each of the first halves when you play them. You hold them to 33. Yeah. Now, second half, 
both games come down to the final minute, final seconds. So it's like there wasn't <laughs> enough of a lead apparently. But against the Pacers, you have an insurmountable lead, really. And that's how, you know, in the third quarter, you don't even win a third quarter. Mm-hmm. Now, the fourth quarter, hard to gauge because none of the actual players really played. It was really just third unit guys, along with Anthony Black thrown in there. But that's going to be another key as well. How how do the Magic just not beat themselves in that second half? Yeah. If they do have what feels like an inev- inevitable first half, the Magic have led, I believe the stat is, in every game except for one at halftime. So you've you've got an opportunity to win basically every game that you've played in uh-huh. um and you just fall apart in the second half of a lot of these games hopefully the magic can uh can figure that out and not do that so but also defensively as we've already talked about with both teams being great defensively i just wonder which one gets away from their identity first mm. which one which one is going to control the pace something jamal yeah. mosley said before that pacer game was You've got the best offense against the best defense in the league right now. Who is going to set the pace? And the Magic did that right out of the gate, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Having that lead be so large at halftime that it didn't matter what happened in the second half. But, yeah, th- those are kind of my my three three main things there that the Magic need to do in order to give themselves a chance to win this one. Sure. Uh, I'm looking at the Raptors and their offensive toughness. Like, mm-hmm. are they able to execute and continue to execute? Are they going to keep on pursuing good shots when the defense is what Orlando's is? It's again, it's easier against the Pistons. And we've seen this team revert back to their, you know, bad habits. And also they've been a bit turnover prone. Guess what? You're facing a team that forces a lot of turnovers. So it's a bad mix. And I'm looking at some of those handoffs, um, some of the pick and roll between uh, Dennis Schroeder and Jakob Pertl, who, I mean, it's it's getting better and better. And Dennis has talked about, you know, he needs to make sure he's also aggressive getting to the rim. It's not just about making making the pass or making the kickout pass either. It's about he has to get to the rim too, because sometimes that is the best thing for the offense. Is he going to keep on doing that? Is he going to make those right reads? Scotty Barnes. With the second unit, the second unit has been a huge problem for the Raptors for I don't know how long, a century, whatever. (laughs) Since they won a championship, after that, it's been a huge problem and it continues to be a bit of a problem. But Scotty Barnes, with how he's playing, he's kind of taken the reins with that unit and a few players are actually, you know, getting better and better as we go. So are they going to be a net negative in those minutes? Usually it's like Scotty plus four bench players. They do that for a little while. How is that going to go? Um, the starting lineup is usually pretty good. OG Anobi's back. Um, he cut his finger somehow, some way at home, but he played last mm. game and he shot one of six from three. And he mentioned that um, it's on his shooting hand too. And he's like, it was a bit sore when he was shooting. So that's something else to keep in mind that if he's not shooting the way that they need him to, um, things go really bad for the Raptors when they're not able to have those like quality spacers in both corners. And I, I don't think Otto Porter Jr. is playing either. Um, he started a little bit and he's just a great shooter. So if the Raptors aren't able to, you know, continue getting that ball moving, find the spacing that they need, where are they going to go? Is it going to be Pascal Siakam post-ups? Is it going to be, you know, them making cross matches happen against some of those smaller guards on Orlando? I can see that happening as well. But again, um, they need to play a complete game. I'll put it that way. Offensively and defensively, that's going to be important. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned, obviously, you know, him cutting his finger at home or whatever. Markel Fultz, to start last season was out for the first, I don't even know, like 20, 25 games or so. And, uh, and the magic get off to a five and 20 start, but he gets injured. 
I believe it was like the day before media day no. um, or maybe before training camp. He broke his toe at home. So these guys, I don't know what they're doing at home, man. I don't know if I believe their stories. There wasn't much of one. Mark Keller's like, yeah, I just broke my toe at home. I'm like, all right, well, you need to get, you know, those things they have for babies that cover the corners of everything. Don't stub your toe, Markel. I don't need you shattering your big toe again. But I have uh, those. I have those at yeah. home. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. There you go. You yeah. need, to, need to send them the link for those. But um, yeah, no, that's it's ridiculous to me sometimes how these players get injured going a yeah. million miles an hour on the court. And then and once they're home in the confines, they get they get com- comfortable and they get injured there. It's unbelievable. Hey man, focus is hard to maintain. And so probably they get home and they just let loose completely and then boom, broken toe. That's all I got. There you go. All right, man. Anything else? This was fun. Anything else uh, you want to mention? Um, I would, I mean, I'd love to know as far as this game, even we, I share the same sentiment as you, as far as the end season tournament. Um, I don't really know that I'll care until we get to Vegas. If that even happens, it's looking unlikely, but We'll see. You went out you never not know. mathematically and eliminated yet. Yeah. But uh, but just for this game being whatever it is, right? Game 13 for the Magic, whatever it is for the Raptors, um, or 14, I would think. Yeah, 14. What do, uh, what are your thoughts as, as far as the game tomorrow in terms of how it turns out? I'm interested to hear. Like how the game's going to go? Mm-hmm. Like as far as result, yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. That's a that's a great question. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Um, yep. I don't see either team really popping off necessarily offensively. If the Raptors do, it's because they have a few players off the bench that are um, just continue to play well. They they're building off last game. Um, Precious Achua has had a few games um, in a row that he's performed very well. He actually had a a catch and shoot three in transition. Uh, Scotty to see a little handoff and he hit it yesterday. I was like, oh. This is a player that I remember from a few seasons ago. So if he's able to continue doing stuff like that, um, it's a lot of this is about the second unit. And are they going to be able to be just a positive, a positive space for, for the Raptors? And if they're not, then it puts more pressure on the starters. And yeah, it's just, there's the variances around their shooting. And Dennis Schroeder, uh, he's shown that he can make some mid-range shots in the pick and roll. Um, I'm actually curious like how they decide to approach the the defense of the magic where where are they going to find their advantages where, what's their pressure point because i'm actually not sure um how they're going to do it sometimes you know teens just kind of feel it out as they go um but i don't see a weakness necessarily with this magic team on defense at least nothing like glaring so um mm-hmm. i'm actually not, i really don't know how this game goes i could see the raptors you know they maybe they just kind of lose the gusto maybe there's a run in the second quarter by the magic um and that could be the breaking point. They're not able to, you know, maybe the shots aren't going down, but I also think that, you know, Scotty and Pascal, I think they're going to be able to have some success against the magic too. So maybe that's where they go. I'm talking this out with you. I actually, I still don't know how it's going to go. Um, I could, yeah. I went, I would, I could see the Raptors winning. What's the, what's the over under right now? Or what's the, what's the line? Is the, it available the yet? Spread, uh, the, the magic are, I think a two and a half point favorite. Um, now that's Ooh, only, now it's 1.5. Now it's 1.5. Now it's one point five. Yeah. So yeah. according to ESPN bet, yeah, now it's down to one point five. Yeah. yeah. The uh so we'll see how this goes, man. I don't I don't know how it goes, but and I just don't know with this team. Logic tells me it'll be much of the same yeah. in terms of great first half, not great second half, but maybe they figured something out. Maybe something clicked the Indiana game. Yeah. And they'll be and they'll be all right from that side of the ball. It's gonna be interesting. You got hopefully <laughs> thankfully it's an in season tournament game. 
for them hopefully they care because like could see it being like a look ahead you've got denver on when uh on tuesday or wednesday on the back to back at yeah. home and then you've got boston for the end season tournament game on friday mm. so if it, with a team that's won three straight it, i feel like it could be easy to maybe get complacent but hopefully the the everything going on with tomorrow night can keeps them in check and, and their focus so we'll see but i honestly have no idea i was curious what you thought um it's you know these nba games are so often a coin flip but yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see what it comes down to tomorrow night. It should be a lot of fun. One more Spider-Man meme. We don't know how tomorrow's <laughs> going to go because That's we exactly don't know right. our teams well enough yet because they're so inconsistent. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, yep, man. Absolutely. Luke Sylvia, the six man show podcast covering the magic guys won three in a row. Will it be four? Hmm. We'll find out. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. <laughs>